we have a choice every day that God gives us on how we're going to spend that day. So I want to thank you all for, for allowing me to be absent last Sunday. I, uh, I went down to be with my, my dad, who's 91 years old and uh, is still my dad. <laughs> and uh, he worked me like a dog for the whole weekend and we went to church and, and uh, it's, just, it's, great to, it's just great to worship with your dad. Um, even at 91, he was still lifting his hands, and I just say, thank you, Lord, for long life. So, but I missed y'all. I'm ready to get back into this series, and, and even before I, I get back to the series, I, I want to talk to you about a spirit that the church deals with, and I think everyone deals with it, and it's called a spirit of rejection. And I don't know if you've ever dealt with a spirit of rejection, but I mean, it can start way back even in grade school. And I don't know if you remember those memories, but we used to have kickball and softball, and they would pick teams. And if you didn't get chosen as captain, you stood there just helplessly, making, trying to make good eye contact, trying to smile to get chosen. And if you were one of the first few chosen, that meant that you had ability, you had skills, you were going to contribute to that team. And then, and I don't know, do you all remember this or is this just my bad memories? But it comes down to there's those three or four people and you're part of that group. And they're like, well, and then there's this pause like, you're thinking about this? Come on. I mean, look at my competition, you know, and you're raising your hand like, pick me, pick me. The worst was being chosen last. We go from that spirit of rejection into dating, which isn't much better, okay? And, and dating and, and relationships. And then we, we deal with our family members and, and our children grow older. And sometimes that spirit of rejection that Satan is constantly trying to put on us on. is constantly, constantly bringing itself up, saying, do you remember when you were rejected here? Remember when you were rejected there? Yep. We're going to be talking about a spirit of rejection in today's passage that we're going through in seven spiritual blessings. We've been looking at spiritual blessings from Ephesians 1. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be going from Ephesians 1. But the first week we talked about that there are physical and there are spiritual blessings. Now physical blessings are very easy to recognize. We, we, we love and appreciate them when, when somebody blesses us financially or somebody does something very nice for us or just comes and helps and gives us an encouraging word. You know, we all have different love languages and that love language can just be an encouragement to let you, somebody know that they're praying for you or to bring you food when you're needing it or to come and help you in a situation that's a little greater than you are. Or when somebody pays your bills and, and you really don't even know who that person was. Man, those are great physical blessings. And I thank God for every time that I've ever been able to receive his favor in a situation. Even Chris and I have a phrase when we get that first park in space. We thank God for the favor in our lives. We give God glory for everything because the word says all good things come from the Father above. So everything that's happening in your life is favor comes from God and we give him praise and thanks for it. Amen. But spiritual blessings are a little harder to recognize and sometimes because we don't recognize them as much we don't give them as much praisers credit or thanksgiving as we should it's important because we are spirit beings and spiritual blessings are more important to us 
The second week that I was in this series, I talked to you about when your spirit is weak, you're not spending time in the Word, you're not worshiping God, you're not praying, you're, you just feel distant from God, you feel dry. I've been there. I've had seasons that it, I'm like, God, I'm, I'm just not hearing your direction on this. I'm, I'm not feeling your presence when I worship. When I read your word, it just it doesn't seem to, to jump to life. It's not rhema word to me. But we keep pressing forward. We keep pressing in. I always think I'm going to do the exact opposite of what my flesh wants me to do at this point. My flesh wants me to quit. My flesh wants me to, to blame God, but I'm going to press forward. You see, when our spirit is weak, we make decisions based upon our flesh. But when our spirit is strong and we're in the word of God, we make decisions based upon the presence of God in our life and his righteousness in the word of God. We go in with confidence. Sometimes those decisions are still difficult, but we go in with faith knowing that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. You see, what we do is we recognize our limitations and we recognize that God is unlimited. So I'm saying, God, in the natural, this looks like it's limited, but I know with you all things are possible. That's what happens when your spirit man is strong. Spending time in the word. Spiritual blessings are so important to us. We also talked uh, two weeks ago, my last message here, about being holy and blameless. That through what Christ did on the cross, we are holy and blameless. Satan can no longer be the accuser of us because our sins are forgiven because what Christ did on the cross. You remember I hung that huge red sheet over the pulpit and I said, this is the blood of Jesus. Satan cannot get me when I'm under the blood of Jesus. But Satan can try to tempt me out from underneath that covering. Satan is constantly trying to lure you away because he can't come in and get you but he can make temptations surround you you can choose to step out from the covering of God's grace and mercy you can choose to step out and, and deny God and go back to a lifestyle of sin and destruction that's what free will is all about free will gives us the choice to choose or reject God it gives us the ability to choose and reject all the goodness, all the promises that are yes and amen in God's word. We're protected by the blood. Our passage today is Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 6. And it starts off with, Blessed be the God, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I know I stop every point when I'm reading this because I can't just go on. This has to be something that has to get down deep inside of you. I hope and pray that you're looking at this verse saying, God, Am I walking in every spiritual blessing because of Christ in my life? And if not, what is holding back that blessing? That's a real legitimate prayer. God, if there's anything in me that's keeping all of these spiritual blessings from coming into my life, please change my heart. Change my eyes. Change my ears. Verse 4, even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoptions as sons through Jesus Christ, according to his purpose of his will. Verse 6, to the praise of his glorious praise, 
with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Amen. My message today, two points. Predestination and adoption. Okay. Now I want to take on predestination because uh, predestination, there's a, a group that believes in predestination. They're also called Calvinists, if you've uh, not familiar with the term. But Calvinists and predestination believe that God made a choice before anything and said, I'm going to choose you, 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 you. The rest of you, I'm sorry. And there's nothing that you'll be able to do. In fact, have you ever met a Calvinist evangelist? You won't because there's, they don't exist. You see, they don't want to go out and present the gospel because no matter what you do, you're going to be saved or you're not going to be saved. It had nothing to do with you. There are so many scriptures that I would like to show you that counteract that thought. In fact, this message, though, in verses 5 and 6, it says, He predestined us for adoptions as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will. This passage is talking about us being predestined. Now, the Greek word for pre, uh, predestined is perizo, and it means to predetermine or to decide beforehand. To predetermine or decide beforehand. What this is talking about in adoption through Jesus Christ is a blessing to us as Gentiles that we can receive the same promises as the Jews. If you look at when Paul was in prison writing this, he was writing it to the church in Asia Minor. And that meant that those were Gentiles. And he's saying that we have the right now to be able to cry out, Abba, Father, and receive all of the blessings to be joint heirs with Jesus Christ and to call him our Heavenly Father. That's what happens when we were predestined into adoption. That we can partake in the blessings. This wasn't something that God thought of after Adam and Eve sinned. He knew before the foundations were formed that we were going to sin, we will need a Savior, and that without that a perfect atoning of blood, there was not going to be any forgiveness of sins. That's what God predetermined, the whole plan. We were a part of his plan. Say that, I am a part of God's plan. Say that, you've got to say, I am a part of God's plan. Because the enemy has lied and lied and lied to so many in the church that we have to remind ourselves that I am a part of God's plan. God not only planned it, he purposed it, he took pleasure in this. That spirit of rejection does not belong in your house. That spirit of rejection does not belong in your thoughts. When the Satan tries to come in and start telling you all the rejection, you need to remind him that I am chosen to spend eternity with my Heavenly Father because of what Christ did on the cross. You say, Pastor Mark, I'm, I'm dealing with, with just um, some isolation at, at work. Start meditating on the Word of God that I am a child of the Most High God, amen. that all the promises are yes and amen. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You need to start building yourself up in the faith because there might not be people around you that are going to build you up. And as you get stronger, God's going to send people into your lives that you can build up. That's what, we're, we're, that's what we're called to do. Not to just live life happy and, and, and try to get through as much and, and accomplish as much and gain as much as we can. 
We're to be givers. We're to be givers of love. We're to be givers of grace. We're to be givers of our finances. We're to be able to givers of our time. Everything in our life we need to be giving out. And if we're hoarding anything, that shows our weakness right there. That's where we should be praying about. God, am I hoarding my time? Am I hoarding my love? Am I choosing who I want to forgive? Who are we to receive perfect forgiveness to choose who we want to forgive? We've received so much, and sometimes we give so little. The blessing, the spiritual blessing, the spiritual blessing here that takes on the spirit of rejection is telling you that you were not a mistake. Your life has purpose. God wants you. That's why it says all heaven rejoices when one soul comes to salvation. That desire for us. John 3.16, many of y'all have this crocheted on your pillows, but it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That those he chose, is that what your Bible says? No. What does it say? Whosoever. Whosoever. Not chosen people, not this side of the congregation, but not that side. Whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm going to tell you that there will be people who die and are separated from God for eternity. But it, it was not by God's choice. That's right. It was by their choice. They chose to reject the salvation. They chose to reject the message of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you, God did make a choice. And that choice was giving us the ability to choose. Love is not pressured. If you look at countries that have dictatorships, they force loyalty. To me, loyalty is not something you force. Loyalty is something you earn. And how do you earn it? It's through respect and love and appreciation. Anytime somebody comes into your life and demands things that they haven't earned, they're trying to rule you. Whosoever. God knew before he created man that we would need a savior. Jesus came and said, I came to seek that which, was say, uh, that which was lost. So everything that deals with salvation originated with God before the foundations of the world. John 15, 16 says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. I have appointed you to go to produce fruit that will last and to ask the Father in my name to give you whatever you ask for. That's saying that every man, every woman, every boy, every girl has been chosen before the foundations of this world has been predestined to be adopted into the family of God. Every person has been predestined to be adopted through what Christ did on the cross. We have to remind ourselves of that sometimes. You know, you can be such a great Christian that you'll forget the basics sometimes. That Christ died for me. Christ died for me. When I was yet a sinner, he loved me. Amen. Predestined. Romans 10.13 says, So then whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, there's that word again. Whoever and whosoever. Sounds like that's pretty generic. It's not just saying that all men that call upon the name of the Lord, because then the women would be offended. 
Or it says, all women who call upon the name of the Lord. Or, or let's, let's go real politically correct. All African Americans that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. See, it's open to everyone. Not race, not gender, not by name. It's open to whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord isn't slow to do what he promised. Man, that's a scripture that should be quilted on a pillow right there. Because I'll tell you what, all of us are waiting on a promise to be fulfilled. But it says the Lord's not slow in fulfilling his promise, Amen. as some people think. You know what? I'm some people sometimes. Come on. Something like, Lord, this nation, help us now. Just do a good face slap up in Washington. Come on. We're, we're, we're calling sin morality and and we're twisting morality sorry didn't mean to get off on that get back on back to the word rather he is patient for your sake lord help me to be patient for your sake he doesn't want to destroy anyone but wants all people wait wait what was the word all did you see all people to have an opportunity to turn to him and change the way they act or the way they think and act God wants us. God chose us. He had a plan from the beginning. <laughs> Satan is going to come in and try to lie. That's all Satan can do is lie. He is the father of all lies. Anything that's being whispered into your... And Satan will use any mouth to accuse you. Somebody needs to get that over here. Satan is going to use any mouth that he can to accuse you. We have to be aware of when we're in spiritual warfare... But this is what you tell Satan. God chose me. I am a son. I am a daughter of the Most High King. All of his promises are yes and amen. amen. I'll tell you what. You want to shut some mouth. Start quoting scripture that says you are chosen and you are loved. You are redeemed. You are forgiven. All grace abounds. All mercy applies. I'm under the blood of Christ. That will shut the enemy's mouth. Not your arguments. That just fires the, f the flames, okay? The word, it is written. It is written. It is written. That needs to be in us. Because I'll tell you what, that Bible promise book, unless you're carrying it on a chain around your neck, is not going to be there when you're being accused. It's got to be in here. It's got to be in here so it comes out here. Don't start texting me, hey, what's a good passage on this? Point number two is adoption. So what does it mean to be adopted? First off, I want you to think about this because adoption means taking a child from a bad situation into a good situation. Have you ever thought about that? No one takes a child out of a really good home and says, we're going to put you in a very bad crack home or some situation that's horrible with domestic violence and just do an experiment on you. That doesn't happen. It's going from bad. Now I'm going to tie how all of us have been adopted. Because you're thinking, oh, I've never been. Yes, you have been adopted. All of us go from a bad situation to a good situation. Adoption is both a present and a future promise. If I adopt someone, not only am I promising to take care and feed them today, but tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Now, 
you have to look into the word and the time and where Paul was even writing and who he was writing this to. Because in ancient Israel, adoption was very rare. But in Greco-Rome, adoption was fairly common. In Roman times, many Roman homes had slaves. And like a bad sitcom, or soap opera, the master of that home would have, since my 12-year-old daughter's in here, relationships with these slaves, okay? And there was a child born to these slaves. But according to Roman law, they weren't orphans, but they weren't heirs. They were slaves, which meant your father was still the master of the home, but you had no inheritance, you had no rights, unless that father adopted you into the family. Then, not only was he your father, but now you're an heir to all the rights and privileges like the rest of the family. Are you seeing this now? Are you seeing what we're born into? You're seeing the bad situation of our lives before Christ and how through Christ we are adopted in and we now have all the rights and privileges. We are joint heirs with Jesus. He makes, God's promises makes us heirs. But as long as that child to that slave was unadopted, they were still considered a slave. I was a slave to sin before Christ came into my life. We all were slaves to sin. Remember the old Bob Dylan song, you're going to serve somebody? Well, we were all serving someone. Because we're either serving God or we're serving Satan. There is no middle ground. God even says that he won't even take us lukewarm. <coughs> serving someone. Paul talks about the spirit of adoption here in Galatians 4, 7. says, you are no longer slaves, but God's children. Since you are God's children, God has made you heirs. You are heirs to the most wealthiest source in the universe. You see, Forbes will put out a list and says, this is the richest here in America, but then this is the richest in Saudi Arabia. This is the richest in, in Asia, in Japan, Tokyo, or any of the... But the creator of the universe considers you an heir. When we're taught to pray in Matthew... We're taught to say, our Father, who art in heaven. Do you see? Our Father. Not great being that we have never seen, we beseech you. I love hearing people pray sometimes because I'm like, do you know who you're really praying to? I'm serious. There is a lot of mixed junk out there great spirit being in the sky. That's not a spirit being, that's my dad. That's my Abba Father. That's, that, that, that's my hope, my joy, my peace. I'm waiting just to, to spend time with him. Yep. Romans 8, 15 and 17 says, you haven't received 
the spirit of slaves that lead you into fear again. Instead, you have received the spirit of God's adoption, uh, adopted children, by which we call out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are his children, then we are also God's if we share in Christ's suffering in order to share in his glory, we are heirs together with him. The spiritual blessings about today deal with rejection. And we all deal with some form of rejection. But are we dealing it with our spirit or are we dealing it with our flesh? You see, if we deal with rejection in our flesh, then all we want to do is react and counter-react and counter-hurt. When we deal with it in our spirit, we say, Father, I thank you that my most important relationship is with you and that nothing that man can do to me will ever hurt me. Amen. Rejection. Feeling unwanted. Feeling like you're a mistake. Feeling like you have nothing to give. Feeling like God has a plan for everyone else, but not for you. Or that God had a plan, but now you're too old, or you're too young, or you're too broke. Or you just don't know enough to do that plan. Those are all lies of the enemy. God chose you from the beginning, before he formed the world. He knew you. He knew your ups and he knew your downs, but he still loved you. Unconditionally. And because of that love, he sent his son to die on a cross. He sent that son to die on a cross for you and for me so that we could become joint heirs with Jesus. That we can call out to God as Abba Father. What an honor. Do you realize what an honor that is to call him Abba Father? Spiritual blessings. We have to recognize them. We have to recognize what Christ did what God is doing and what God has planned for us to understand spiritual blessings. But what a blessing it is to be adopted into God's family. You know, growing up, we used a term in the church quite a bit. It was brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so because man, it, we were the body, the family of Christ. Well, we gotten away from that because that was just not trendy enough and, and <laughs> we didn't like that term. Do you know, I think sometimes the old church had some things right. You know, you call me Brother Mark, I'm never going to be offended by it. Because that just says, hey, we're brothers, we're sisters. Well, you're my sister, I'm not your sister, but we're related in the family of Christ. We're siblings. Thanks, Sherry. But to be in that family, we need to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Would you all bow your heads as I close today? You know, I always lead you in a, a prayer. But I really sense that God's dealing in somebody with the spirit of rejection. Now, I have to be sensitive to the spirit. I'm never just going to follow a format because it's convenient. The presence of God is here. The spirit of God is always with us. But the presence of God, his manifestations, is what we seek as a church. To be truly changed and not just to go through the motions of church. 
But if you've dealt with the spirit of rejection, today's message was for you. That you're not rejected, but you are loved. In fact, you were loved so much that God gave the greatest price he could give for you. He didn't send some angel, some disposable thing. He sent, as Dino leads us, the darling of heaven. But Satan has lied to you. He has tried to destroy you. But that spirit of rejection needs to be broken today. That spirit of rejection needs to be broken. And the way that spirit of rejection is broken is through the name of Jesus Christ. We need to pray. We need to pray because somebody sitting beside you may be going through a spirit of rejection or has buried that spirit of rejection, a past hurt for so many years, but it's still there. So for the next few minutes, would you take inventory of your life and say, God, is there any spirit of rejection in my life? Is there something that I'm going through or something that I have buried in the past? that I need to deal with today, that you had me sitting in this room to deal with a spirit of rejection. Because today is a day of deliverance. Today is a day of change. Today is a day of freedom. Today is a day of acceptance if you are willing to open up your heart and truly ask God to cleanse you, to forgive you of those past hurts and those past rejections, words that were spoken to you Actions that were done against you. Whether you were a child or whether it was just this week. Church, pray. If you pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. But pray. Because hearts are being dealt with right now. Generational curses are about to be broken. If you're ready to get rid of a spirit of rejection, I'm going to have you stand. We're going to pray for you. You say, oh, Pastor Mark, I can't stand. I can't allow people to know that I'm, hey, you're with family. (laughs) If you can't stand in this group, you won't stand out in that world. But if you've dealt with the spirit of rejection, thank you. Thank you. Be honest with God. Come on. If you've dealt with the spirit of rejection and you know and you want it to stop today, You're drawing that line in the sand, that blood-drawn line in the sand. Thank you. Today is a day of deliverance. Today is a day of peace. Today is a day of hope. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I need those especially prayer partners, those that are strong in the faith. If somebody is standing beside somebody who has, is standing right now, I need you to go and surround them. Love on them. Just put a hand on them. Start praying for them. Come on, let's, let's be the body here. Let's, let's get out of our comfort zones. I'm going to let you pray for a minute, and then we're going to pray as a body. 
But if you really want to get that rejection out of your life, don't miss this opportunity. Spirit is moving. Thank you, Father. So Oh, Father. Thank you, 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 Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that your word said it would never return back to you void. And the scripture that you're bringing to my spirit, because you know I didn't even plan this, Lord, was that whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And what Christ did on the cross, Lord, we thank you that today is a day of deliverance. Today is a day of peace. Father, we thank you. We cry out to you, Abba, Father, that you love us so much. And all of the rejections of the past, every word that has ever been spoken against us, every action and manipulation, every procedure that was done to destroy us, Satan, we give you notice that there will be no future rejection in our lives. We are blood-bought, redeemed children of the Most High God. We understand who we are and the power and the authority in the Word and in the name that's above all names, Jesus. We speak Jesus over these situations. We thank you, Father God, that they will receive the peace that passes all understanding. This is not an exercise. This is a change in our destiny. And that destiny comes because we have humbled ourselves and we've cried out to you, Abba, Father. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you for bringing us those who have been rejected so that we can share your love. We can share your forgiveness. We can share the peace that you've given us. And we all can cry out to you, Abba, Father, because you love us. You've adopted us. You've chosen us. Before the foundations of this world, you chose us to love us, not because of our looks, not because of our abilities, not because of what we can bring to you, but because of what you can bring to us. You loved us. And we thank you, Father, for that. God, open our hearts and open our eyes to those who are dealing with the rejected spirit. As we leave this building, Father, open our eyes to those this week that we'll encounter that have been rejected. And allow us the boldness of the Holy Spirit to speak that we were chosen, that we were loved, we were adopted into the family of God, and we're now a child of the Most High God. Thank you, Father, for making us heirs, join heirs with Christ. And we thank you, Father. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church, for being obedient. You know... When the presence of God is in the house, be obedient. Be obedient to what the Spirit is leading in you. 
because there may be somebody sitting behind you, beside you, in front of you that's dealing with so much more than you can even comprehend. But the Spirit's saying, pray for them. Intercede for them. This week, pray for them. In fact, the greatest thing you could even do with any of the people in this is to say, you know what, this week I'm going to be praying for you. I don't know what you're going through, but this week I'm going to be praying for you. To know that we love as a family. We don't just gather here for something to do on Sunday morning, but that we gather as family so that we can grow together and share that love. I'd like to close with the blessing that's in Ephesians. A great prayer. And then we'll dismiss. I'd also like to encourage you to join me on Tuesday night. For those of you who said, Pastor, it's been too warm for me to walk. I checked the weather this morning. It's only going to be 90 as a high on Tuesday with a breeze. So I'd love for you to come and join me. Because I'll tell you what. When you knock on a door or you meet somebody on the, the road and you just tell them that you're praying for them, you're changing lives. You're changing families. I think Deanna had one that was just weeping when she said, can I pray for you? And he just started crying. There are hurting people behind those walls that we drive by 40, 50 miles an hour every day. And I think God's wanting us to slow down and start noticing the people that are in our lives. You say, Pastor, I'm not a... I'm not a person of great prayer. Join us. We'll teach you how. And if you can't make it, I understand. But pray for us. Be interceding because spiritual warfare is taking place while we're out there walking. And we need your prayers. Yes, Donnie. Sure. right yep and we do go out two by two don't we <laughs> no we have to be obedient to what the word of god is telling us to do we're not about building a great big building we're not about building campuses and multi-campuses we're about just building people loving people accepting people and when those people walk in the door they will be treated like family. Can I challenge you just one thing? When you see somebody walk in that door next Sunday, whether they were here today or whether they've never been, would you treat them like they're coming home from Christmas and they hadn't been home in several years? You want to be a loving church? Keep that in the back of your mind. How would you treat a family member that's been gone for many years and on Christmas Eve they're coming into your, would you be like, hey, fridge is over there, TV's over there? No. Man, you're going to be all on them like white on rice. That's the way we should be because God is sending us hurting people. God is sending us rejected people. God is sending us sinners and we're going to love them. We're not going to judge them. We're going to show them what the Word of God says. We're going to help them change. But that's what we're to do anyways. Ephesians 1, 17 and 19 says, I pray that the glorious Father, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know Christ better. Verse 18, 
then you will have deeper insight. You will know the confidence that he calls you to have and the glorious wealth that God's people will inherit. Wow. Verse 19, you will also know the unlimited greatness of his power as it works with might and strength for us, the believers. What a powerful prayer that Paul wrote in Ephesians. And I speak that over you, that you would have insight and discernment, that you would comprehend the power and the wealth that we as born again children of the Most High God have. Those are our spiritual blessings. If you'd stand. I'll still speak the blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go in his peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming today. We love you so much.